Hello and welcome, everybody. This is the fifth installment of our Psychology of Lockdown series. I am joined today by George Roche once again. He is the executive director of The Line Canada or The Line International. You can find them uh, at thelineinternational.com. They're doing a lot of anti-lockdown protest work, as you all know, if you're following the series up in Canada. But George has a, a history and an education in psychology, and we've had these interesting conversations about this psychology of lockdown. So we're starting to get into the meat of this series. Um, we've started with mystification. We're going through the characteristics of the mystified personality to really get to the heart of why people are not just I don't want to say falling for the lockdown rhetoric. Uh, that's what I personally believe. But but why are people so quick to jump onto what the authority figures are saying without question? And then why are the rest of us that do question the authority figure? Why are we being shamed? Why are we being sidelined? And uh, at this point, why are we being uh, so almost completely censored across the board? So today... Uh, we're going to continue the series on with the idea of living in a trance-like existence. And uh, George, why don't you just take it away? Let us know what that means. What does it mean to live a trance-like existence? Well, I mean, let's let's be clear. So many people have this experience with their friends and coworkers and family members where there's this this ensuing disagreement about the current state of affairs. Uh, usually the minority in the family, one or two people perhaps might agree on what so many of us have seen as being, you know, the coup d'etat of the United States parading around as a COVID scam. Uh, and some people are still on planet COVID. So now we got families on, you know, inhabiting two different planets. We got the mm -hmm. people who understand the great reset is upon us and that they're trying to usher that in. Uh, by the creation of a lot of fear and anxiety to keep us preoccupied with such fear and anxiety and, and, and begging our officials to take care of us, to parent us, to meet our needs and get rid of this fear. And some of us think that's the, vac uh, the vaccine that's going to do that. Mm -hmm. And some of the other people think that we need to hold accountable those uh, that are at the helm, the oligarchy of the world. So naturally... It's it's become a situation now where these divisions aren't really defined by the circumstances. They are defined by what somebody thinks of you for what you believe. Mm -hmm. That's what it is. It's like, oh, you don't believe in wearing a mask? Well, there's a problem with you. You need help. You see, they start to pathologize you. They start to discredit you and attack you. So. What you know? What are we seeing? We're, we're we're seeing this person who thinks they're awake making decisions. Let me just can and I jump in there for a quick yeah. second because um, I mean I've seen these articles coming out in mainstream news uh, at least a few months ago. They were really kind of promoting this idea that people who were anti-maskers are narcissists, right? I mean, that, you know, you want to talk about pathologizing? It's really true. I mean, I've seen it. I've I've seen uh, political leaders in my community posting these. If you don't wear a mask, it's because you lack empathy for everybody else. And, you know, you must be a completely unemotional person and you're a narcissist. And it's this this kind of um, this. I'm just bringing this up and I want to emphasize because this is really scary yeah. for me right now in the United States. We're seeing calls to deprogram Trump supporters. I mean, reeducation camps. People are talking about this. And so the pathologizing 
isn't just about, you know, shaming you or making you feel bad for the way for your, your point of view, but it can actually, I mean, it's leading to full on, you know, political concentration camps and and (laughs) re-education camps and people are openly discussing this now. So it's getting, it's getting nuts. It's getting nuts. Well, it it has gotten crazy over the past few days, hasn't it? Yeah. So many people are in a trance, you know, fear is trance inducing. Mm-hmm. You, you are so over-focused on, uh, on stimuli that is irrelevant to the exclusion of what is relevant. It's like any little morsel of, of feelings of safety are welcomed as if they were the largest gift you've received in months. Th- th- this is totally embellished uh, and, and unhealthy to believe in this kind of, you know, the fantasy of a rescuer is born. Someone's right. going to save me. I don't have to do anything. You know, they expect to be taken care of without any effort on their own part. You see, they won't lift a finger. They won't get off the couch. They won't get involved. They're not proactive. They're not pro-social. They're all about self-protection. So when, in contrast to a person who is uh, more conscious, uh, you know, naturally the, the person who's more conscious is more willing to take the actions, the person who wants to remain in self-protection mode will not. Mm-hmm. So you can only be in, in the intent to learn or the intent to protect. It's, it's uh, funny. Uh, let's uh, do, well, let's just get into this um, definition of what it is to be in a trance. And I, you know, what's coming to my mind, of course, is the, all the zombie movies that we see, right? <laughs> Where it's like some well, event happens, a fear-based event, and everybody gets triggered into a trance-like state. And we have this metaphor of the zombie. It, it, it almost feels like that sometimes for me, I'll tell you that. <laughs> well, okay, so this is very interesting, the trance-like state, okay? Which, is, uh, which shows up in socialization, the way you're spoken to, the way you're treated, how somebody interacts with you, et cetera, et cetera. Now, so what are we dealing with? Right now, we have this issue with masks all over the place. There's no been no RCTs on masks, by the way, no random control trials, nothing to prove that masks and the efficacy thereof are to be relied upon. I, I do. I, I do actually think there was one Dutch study um, just to let you know. And there were six thousand participants. It was it was a randomized controlled study. No significant difference in, in covid uh, transmission between the two. So between the mass and the unmasked. So the science that is out there says the masks don't do anything. Right. Well, D- Danny Rancourt got into it from the OCLA with this professor who, who just went bonkers because, uh, you know, he couldn't get around Danny. Danny had the facts. This guy wasn't interested. He was mm-hmm. overanalyzing things. And yeah. But anyways, uh, I forgot where I was. But um, anyways, uh, the, the, what, you, what you're what you're dealing with is when you have a person who is in a trance, that is the mask beneath the mask. Right. Right. <laughs> Now, so it's like tax on the mask. We've got to wear these things over our, our expressors. And now we have these people who are wearing a mask of self-sufficiency and, and, and okayness. Mm-hmm. I'm okay today. I'm really not, but I'm going to pretend I am, you know, because I don't want to show anybody how helpless and needy I am, how afraid I am, how insatiable okay. I am. So this makes so we lot- have this mask. Huh? Well, it makes a lot of sense to me. It's, you know, you're, you're covering up your authenticity because you're authentically, you have this wounded inner child that needs to be healed and you're wearing a a figurative mask. This is the trance like state 
where you're pretending like everything's fine. And if I just do what I'm told, then everything's going to be fine. And, and as you said, the savior will come and save me if I just do my job and do what I'm told. And unrealistic is... expectations, shamelessness, mm -hmm. shameless. See, see, when parents don't demonstrate their emotions for their children, children get the message. Motions aren't OK. Right. So now when they're in pain or hurting, they act like they're fine because only those emotions were accepted and tolerated and affirmed. The other ones to be afraid, concerned, ask questions, you know, I, that was the, no, 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 no. We don't do that here. Right. No talk, no <laughs> listen rules. Forget it. Gone. Don't ask. So when you when you're raised that way, you are taught to deny some of these fundamental information givers. Emotions give us information about what we need to do for ourselves, like the, the oil gauge on a, on, on a car tells us of a satiation or a need. So what happens when all of that gets neglected now? Again, this insatiable child who becomes a conformist or a rebel. They go one way or the other, these sure. trans-like people. Right. They either go for conformity, guilt-driven, or they become a rebel, fighting every authority figure on the planet. Okay, it's all or nothing. There's no balance to their discipline. They, in fact, they're undisciplined. They don't have boundaries. Remember, mm -hmm. we talked about where does this come from? It comes from an abusive, neglectful environment where your needs for structure and proper development are not healthily met with deliberate attentionality from parents. Right. So yeah, I mean, think about magical yearning for fulfillment, shame based kind of person who's got a trance, a trance look on their faces, which ultimately confuses people. Because mm -hmm. it's like when they would expect a different emotional reaction to something, they get the same face universally almost across the board. Right. You would need explosions to get an emotional reaction out of these people. Right. In some cases. Well, it totally makes sense. I mean, your parents are raised. I mean, we've been living in this culture, this authoritarian culture, I would say. I call it the patriarchal culture for so long. Uh, and, and people just haven't been taught how to have a healthy emotional response or listen to their emotions The our, our emotional systems have been shut down. So you're raised by parents that aren't, haven't gone through the healing process and they're modeling to you this behavior. Hey, when things are weird, just pretend like they're not, you know, <laughs> pretend like everything's fine. And that's how we make it through life. And that's impression, ma impression management. Mm -hmm. People are trained in impression management, not authenticity. Right, right. You know, don't cool. don't yeah. keep it real here. You'll expose the flaws of the family. We have to pretend that we're upper class. We got it going on, but we're ravished with shame. Mm -hmm. You know, and so these cover ups are very trans inducing because children get to learn that, you know, OK, this is OK to talk about, but that isn't. So now they got the task of figuring out what is okay and what is not okay. Right. And sometimes I get it right and sometimes I don't. And it's just not okay right now to talk about taking your mask off or to talk about the fact that the lockdowns aren't working, you know? <laughs> well, yeah. And yet I'm, you know, we got to get that shirt back on, in, on the press. The mask must be smashed. Both of them. Both of them. Right on. Both of them. Yeah. The, the pretentious person that you were walking around as in compliance or a rebel and you're still doing it in the name of shamelessness, covering up your weaknesses, your indifferences or your vulnerabilities, whatever it is you choose to hide owns you anyways. 
and whatever buys your silence over it definitely owns you. So you become the very prisoner you thought your defenses would release you from becoming. Wow, what a self-fulfilling prophecy, huh? Right. So Cycle of violence. Absolutely. Yeah. On the self, this is a person hijacking themselves. This is not a person behaving in the best interest uh, of themselves. This is a person who's copying the, 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 the socialization and the dynamics of such socialization from earlier on. It's as if to say, okay, I've recorded everything you guys have taught me up till 15. I got it now. I'll take over. Mm -hmm. And I'll do to myself what you've done to me. I'll treat myself and others exactly how you've treated me. That's all I know. Right. Can't take somebody where you haven't been. Can't give what you haven't got. So I'm only going to go the distance my parents helped me to get. If I am aware, awake, and fortunate uh, enough to uh, realize that part of my journey is to be is to grow myself up, to work on myself, become the best version of myself that I can be. And if I knew that from go, I would have made that my priority, knowing that it, would, it made all the difference in my ability to raise a family, uh, uh, become an artist, become a business person, uh, become a, 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 what do you call that? A, a tutor of other people, you know, mm. where we get to collaborate and everybody gets to learn something from other people in, in, in group settings. You know, all of that, in my opinion, is enormously important sustenance for solid self-esteem to emerge because Absolutely. it gives a person permission to be fully human, whereas trans-like people are either more than human or they're less than human. Hmm. They're unoriginal, they're opinionated, and they scan the faces of other people before they present their own opinions for fear of looking a little off kilter to the group of people listening to them. Right. They're more apt to follow and behave with blind obedience. Yeah. I love this metaphor of, of wearing a mask, <laughs> the mask beneath the mask, because well, um, it, it, it just it, makes so much sense. I think a lot of people have this. I mean, a lot of people have this coping mechanism, right? You enter in with a group of people, you're unsure of yourself, but you want to present yourself with confidence and you kind of read the crowd. Right. And then, and then want to present yourself in a way that's going to make you popular or fit in. Exactly. Um, rather than being confident in yourself and your feelings and being grounded and just presenting yourself as you are and have, you know, having the boundaries to say, if this group doesn't like me, then screw them. I'll find another group of friends, you know, that appreciate. Well, this is, this is where you beg the question. Or do you want to find a group that will allow you to be who you are or a group that will only allow you to, to belong to it if right. you become who you are not? Uh, so, I mean, to me, it's it, it, a, a very clear sure. uh, definition. However, people do flock to those, you know, not so healthy groups of people. We have people questioning their relationships right now. If that's not demystifying, I don't know what is because they're, you know, 15, 20 years, I've known this person. Mm -hmm. And suddenly what they're saying to me about uh, the, the uh, virus uh, here uh, doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. They're believing that which is not true. They're using this as the measuring rod to bring into focus the quality of that relationship now. It's that evident to people that this is a measuring rod. Absolutely. And we're seeing it uh, all over the place. People unfriending friends that they've known for, for um, yeah. much of their life right now mm -hmm. because this issue comes up. Um, and another thing I, I want to reiterate, because I think everybody listening probably knows that 
Uh, George and I are uh, do question the COVID narrative and are principally anti-lockdown, but that's not really the focus of this series. The focus of this series is that why aren't we having rational, critical discussions and why can't, even if you're a minority, why can't you feel comfortable discussing your, your perspective really in any given situation? I mean, we're kind of taking a big view here, but it's more about just having real adult conversations and having disagreements that are in a healthy way as opposed to all of this pathology that we're seeing that is the psychology of lockdown that seems to underline so much of the conversation that we're having. I mean, we're clearly not having a healthy conversation, whether you're pro-lockdown or anti-lockdown, right? I mean, it's just crazy to me. It's, it's crazy that we live in a culture where it's like people just don't know how to communicate anymore and they don't have respect for each other's when they do have a difference of opinion. Um, and so we're exploring why that is. And, and, and this trance-like mask beneath the mask, I think really hits the nail on the head. I think it's really pervasive uh, and people just then get very confused when they want to pretend like everything's normal. The authority figure tells me what to do. I'm just going to do that. And somebody disagrees. And all of a sudden it, it, it hits them in the core. They're triggered into all of this. Uh, the wounded inner child that hasn't been allowed to express themselves and they don't want to face that. It's exactly. In communication. Uh, well, you see, getting back to the conformist approach to all this, the, con the conformist follows other suggestions or rules as if they were orders to be obeyed. Mm -hmm. We are seeing significant amounts of people doing that. The government said it. You better do it. Just wear your mask. Yeah. They said it be a conformist. You see, no questions are asked. So when they hear something in mainstream media, they believe that that is the correct way to, uh, to operate. That's what, that's what they said. You, you know, everything else is a conspiracy theory, right? Very irresponsible behavior to do that, to not consider both sides of the coin. And I don't care how flat you make the pancake. It still has two sides and right. both need to be accounted for. No matter how thin you make it, the differences you make, you've got to look at the both sides. So this is precisely what conformists and rebels won't do. Um, remember, they are compulsively counter-dependent. No matter what you tell them, no matter what you say to them that makes more sense than what they've been believing, you are a POS. <laughs> right. For not buying into the narrative. You are hurting people. You are putting lives in danger. Right. These people will tell you. You're, you're peeling off the mask and uh, that's got to be avoided at all costs. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and so, so again, now th this is where words, no matter how skilled don't take root people, you know, they don't take root. These people repeat the same pattern daily. Right. It would not matter the, 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 the depth of sensibility in anything that you tell them that may challenge such trance like state. It's an addiction, They're not interested right? in new information. They're not interested in new information. Right. They're interested right. in attacking your point of view. That's what they're interested in. <laughs> yeah. Shame, interested shaming in conversation. you, shaming you yeah. into shutting up so they can avoid yeah. uh, even having the conversation. What we call more than human behavior, judgmental, shaming, controlling, discounting. That's right. all more than human behavior. Nobody has the wherewithal, the ability. Nobody was invested the power to do that to another person. You don't have that right start bullying, intimidating, and using authoritarian yeah. styles of relating as if you're going to 
beat it into them to the point <laughs> they'll just go, okay, never mind. I'm not going to believe what I really want to believe anymore because of you, because you bullied me into believing otherwise. Right. You know, and this is the basis for a lot of spousal abuse today. You, you know, name calling and you're a blah, 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 blah. Sure. Okay. Hang on a sec here. We're dumping now. We're dumping. But we're bringing the relationship into question. You don't believe what I believe because I think what I believe is much smarter than what you believe. And then, you know, wife or husband, depending which one, one's on planet COVID, one's on planet reset. That gets worse. <laughs> mm -hmm. There's no compromising going on there. Well, it is amazing. And I think even in my own personal experience, you know, when you approach someone who's wearing this mask, this trance-like mask, and you try to knock on that door using critical thinking, saying, hey, maybe I'm not right, but this is the information that I have, and I'd like to have a discussion with you, that'll be perceived as an attack. Right. If exactly. Because they fear you're being wrong. You're just trying to have a conversation. You're not trying to impose your your logic on someone else. You're not being confrontational, but they will perceive it as a personal attack. And then they get triggered into the fight or flight mode. They want to protect that mask. Uh, and then all of their coping mechanisms come up, including shaming and judgmentalism and all of these other exactly. uh, other characteristics we've discussed. Well, they, they're not listening. They're not amendable to reasoned argument. If they're not amendable to a reasoned argument based on new information, they're not evolving with things. If, if this is that important to them, then they need to make less important the attack on you mm -hmm. or anyone else. But it seems that their first choice is to attack. Now that's ingrained because usually the first response a person delivers is the one they know the most about. It's common. It's within them. It's ingrained in them. Right. And since it's learned behavior, please explain to us where that behavior came from. Where did you learn to belittle attack, uh, insult, uh, or, or otherwise attempt to shame and humiliate another person for simply disagreeing with your notions, your beliefs, your ideas about matters, the right. lockdown, uh, COVID, et cetera, wh wh who invested the power in you to dominate my point of view? If you're not interested in learning new information and not bringing me into the, into the problem matrix, I'm not your problem. You know, we need every single person involved sensibly right. in this. Everybody. That's what unification is. But if everybody is playing with different information, unification is hardly possible, especially when such information explains what is really going on and the people within that matrix aren't interested to know that now you but, have the, the basis for division. Oh, I mean that, what you just said, especially considering what's going on in the United States right now. I mean, the idea of, of, of uh, unifying <laughs> is <laughs> almost impossible to even think about. And the divisions are so incredibly great. And I would posit that deliberately, well, I mean, Deliberate. what's happening, right, is authority authoritarians who seek to control our entire communities, our entire populations are taking advantage of these ingrained coping mechanisms. OK, so in that's order that, to yeah. right in order to take control uh, and yes. people, 
instead of pointing the finger at these guys and saying, hey, we're going to have a rational conversation amongst my friend group or my community, and we're going to tell the this authoritarian control freak, freak to go screw themselves, uh, they're squabbling amongst themselves because they're all triggered into so, all emotional damage into their wounded inner child. Let's put that in the context of the lockdowns and what people are going through when they go to the grocery store. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, husband and wife or friends walk into the store and the person says, where's your mask? And the one person goes, well, I'm exempt. I don't wear a mask. And, and, and the other one uh, is probably more compliant. They, they'll, they'll put the mask on. Okay. Despite believing otherwise, they'll yeah. put the mask on just to be compliant. Don't want to make any waves. Right. Today. We don't want to tell people. See, everyone that does that is a check mark for for the Great Reset, in my mm -hmm. opinion, because they're using that mask as a as a conformity tool. Sure. Which gives them the inventory to determine how many people are in compliance with their plan. How how well is their plan working? Remember, a goal without a plan is just a dream. Well, this is not a dream anymore. Right. There's a plan. There's a goal. It is. You know what they are. <laughs> right. It is amazing. I mean, they can literally use the, the mask wearing as a gauge as to how uh, how effective they're when they're as they're implementing this new economic system, uh, this this more high tech economic system that uh, they're calling the Great Reset. They can actually now look just look at the population, how many are wearing their masks. OK, we got them, you know, <laughs> We know, yeah, I know people are good to go as we make the transition uh, to the great reset and, and it's the nod roboticizing it's, of everything yeah. and, and the, the complete switch of the labor, uh, labor force and a different form of, of human resource management. We're going to go ahead and do this. And we have this, this flag literally on people's faces that, that let them know just how effective their, their tactics are. It's, it's crazy. And uh, well, this is, uh, you know, this has been an incredible overview. I'll tell you what, one of the final things I'll say mm -hmm. is if we can break, get people to understand that conformity is not their only chance or, or their only choice, rather, uh, that they do have the right to explore other areas of all of this and keep an open mind. Don't be so rigid with yourself. Yeah. Keep an open mind. Use wide ranges of dialogue. You can't. You don't know everything. Uh, you know that this is something that has been engineered by extremely intelligent, corrupt people. Very well funded. Yeah, <laughs> that Can got we, a lot of dough. I know that uh, it, it, we are knocking on thirty minutes, and we do need to wrap it up. We could talk about this for hours, as always, uh, um, all day long. Will all you day long. I know will you could. spend just a few minutes here at the end talking about that concept of ingrainment because it just seems like such a I mean you know we, we all are ingrained with some something that we could probably change and so how is it that we even can tap in understand what's ingrained in us that is not healthy and is not serving us and and actually transmute that into something positive I mean what what needs so, to happen Okay, so without, you know, again, I, I try not to delve into the jargon because that loses people. Let's mm -hmm. keep this simple. Um, everybody has a computer, and every computer the, up until now has got a hard drive in it. 
That is your operating system. So how did that get programmed? Well, somebody put data on it and that became its operating system through codes and, 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 and different styles of language communication and computer to computer, computer language technologies. So similarly, we got this 13 billion circuit computer brain. That's like a sponge when it's brand new. And, you know, by the time we hit two, right, we're slowly being conditioned into the family's belief systems. You know, there's not one culture that has that doesn't have a preconceived notion about what a man or a woman should be when they are born. So if you're born into a headhunting culture, they teach you how to be a good headhunter. If right. you're born into a pastoral culture, they teach you how to be a good pastor. But there isn't one culture that doesn't have a preconceived notion about what a man or a woman should be. So it's quite interesting that there are various ways to do this. However, the best way to experience ingrainment is your brain is a hard drive and what you hear the most, you actually record the most. It's like these little pieces of data stick to your brain and they get stored in memory, the seat of memory being the amygdala and anything that the amygdala sees that resembles the past guides the person's response from the earliest of times that remains in there like a record, just like the old vinyl records or whatever the recording is. The music doesn't get erased. Mm -hmm. It's, it stays there. So by the time a person is five years old, everybody has roughly 25,000 hours worth of what's called parent tapes or Johnson calls them automatic thoughts that depending on the social situation, the relational situation, a person will develop these automatic thoughts and in social settings, those thoughts will get triggered and that becomes the ingrained speech. For instance, family words like all, every, never, always, you never, spitting out indictments to people. Mm -hmm. These are family words. They're all words of, you know, absolutist thinking. All children are absolutizers. Right. Separating us. Words like all, every, never. Right? right. And they separate us from our authentic self, our ability to make a different choice depending on the moment and the situation. We're not, we become less flexible. Well, the power struggle is about the return to nirvana. Uh, there is no shortcuts to nirvana. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get that clear. Yeah. I mean, if you want to get to the promised land, you got to go through Egypt. <laughs> right. right okay it's as simple as that and nobody yeah. there's no way around it there's no shortcuts process. in nirvana yeah we're, we're gonna have to do this work of demystification yeah and if we're still stuck in the ingrainment of translate states and belief systems and conduct and behaviors and rebel conformist roles that were assigned to us by the dysfunctional family system if we don't pass them back we will pass them on yeah absolutely well, that sounds like a perfect place to uh, to to close it off for today. I, I love it, the idea of the trance-like state. And I think I'm going to remember the phrase, the mask behind the mask for a long time, because that really kind of nails it. I, I'm going to have to throw that in the title. Absolutely. <laughs> it's, it's the tax. Yeah. It's the, ma the mask tax. For sure. Well, you want to let people know uh, where they can find out more about the line then and give us a little bit of info about what you're doing? Uh, yeah, well, at the line media on Twitter, at the line Canada, also on Twitter. Get us on Facebook, the line Canada. Uh, on the web, thelinecanada.com. Uh, and you can get me at media 
at thelineinternational.com. Anytime. Sounds great, George. Thanks for coming on. On I will just let people know that uh, my name is Doug McKenty. I'm the host. Uh, I typically do a long-form interview podcast called The Shift with Doug McKenty. Uh, you can go to the website, sign up for the newsletter, maybe subscribe for the longer-form interviews uh, at www.theshiftnow.com. You can find me on uh, Facebook and YouTube at The Shift with Doug McKenty, and uh, I'm also on Twitter at McKenty. So, um, but if you want to find the entire series, uh, this Psychology of Lockdown series, and you're listening to this, I urge you to go to the website. It's under the uh, free content tab, and you'll see the tab for Psychology of Lockdown there. Uh, this is number five. We're going to have a total of 15, so stay tuned for all of them. And uh, I'm looking forward to continuing down this, this journey with you, George. And I hope people uh, really hear these words and understand that actually we all have a long way to go. We all have this engrainment. There's no shortcuts. Uh, but if we want to have a unified society filled with authentic adults, and this is the kind of psychological work we, we really need to dedicate to. So uh, thanks again for coming on. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Doug. Thanks for having me. You bet. You have a good one. You too. Bye-bye.